0: The message you're about to listen to is produced by the Trans Edge Church. We believe you will be blessed and changed by it. The Trans Edge Hmm. change is inevitable. Let us pray. Father, we thank you that we can stand and call you Father. Regardless of where we've been, what we've done, who we are, you still look upon us and call us your children. We thank you for that. And we thank you because you're ready this morning to speak to us, because you're ready to answer questions. Because you're ready to comfort us, to challenge us, so that we can be meant for the master's use. Father, we speak against any distraction. Bringing it under your authority, God. The distractions that come through our minds or physical distractions. Because this is your opportunity, God, to speak to us corporately. And we thank you because you're doing it. Yes, and we thank you because we can sit down and listen to you. And we will hear from you. Yes. Because we are obedient children. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. How many of us this morning are ready to be challenged? I usually don't say this, so we'll go, we'll go with the majority, right? Let me ask again, how many of us this morning are ready to be challenged? You see, challenge is good. Challenge helps you to see where you are at and take corrective steps or actions challenge is good. But before I go into that this morning, I'd like to pray for our titers. Now, the reason I'm specifically saying our titers uh, is because our titers help God's work in this house to move forward. And that's fantastic. And I see that our, uh, our titers are increasing on a daily basis. Praise God. And that is good. That is good. That's good. That I don't have to come here and start thinking, how do we do this because we don't have? No, I just relax because God is using our titers to make the gospel move forward. And that is fantastic. That's fantastic. That's good. And our titers are not looking at You know, the the, the amount that they get, their salary every week, and go, oh, my 10% is too much. I'm not going to give this. No, rather they they want to obey God's word first before they start to look at, can I give that? Do you know the more God blesses you, the more tight you've got to pay? So do we say, God, don't bless us so much so that we don't have to pay much tight? Oh, you've got to choose. But I'd rather God bless me a whole lot more. Because it's easy to pay $1 out of $10, right? Than to pay $10,000 out of 100000 It's easier. But, but, but Jesus said, to whom much is given, much is expected. So is that okay if I pray for our titles? Because you are helping God's work to move forward. You are the manner that God is feeding us on a daily basis. We don't send you to work, but you go to work and you feel like, you know what? I am being blessed in this house and I'm going to give towards it. And that's what you do. And we don't force you to. And I like what Isaac said this morning. He said, you don't have to give. And we've always said that over and over. You don't have to give. You know, if you start to ask yourself, do I have to? No, you don't have to. Mm -hmm. Would you like to? And if the answer to that is yes, then go ahead. Father, I thank you for our titles this morning because you'll bless them even much more to meet the need in your house. And not only just to meet the need in your house, to meet their own personal needs. And I thank you because the blessing that you've promised in Malachi chapter 3 is released upon these ones, that you will open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing, that there will be no room enough to contain them. And Father, I speak blessing upon your people, that they will start to see much more and bring testimonies to your house. In Jesus' name. All right. Praise God. That is not my challenge. My challenge to you this morning, I'm speaking on excellence. You know how some people come to some of our houses and they go, wow, everything looks speck and clean. And everything feels like, you know, they're in place. So they think that's excellence, right? And that's good. But at times for you, who have been in that house for quite a while, you start to see, oh, no, that's not sitting well. I don't like this. But the person who's come to your house for the very first time feels like, whoa, everything looks clean. But over time, what you used to call excellence no longer is excellence, Because excellence is not about doing one thing once and let it go. It's about continuous improvement on the best that you've done. In this house, here at the trans edge, we believe in excellence. We believe in people bringing their best. But if your best does not improve in six months, it's no longer your best. Why? Because that bread is stale. We can no longer accept that as the best that you're bringing for God. Think about it. If you've been in a position, particular position uh, at work for a very long time and you're still there, there's no increase in salary. Do you think that will still be the best for you? No, 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 no. I would look for somewhere that can pay me better. But if you're looking to be paid better, you need to bring more skill. You need to continue to develop yourself professionally and that is why for nurses and doctors and all of those professions, they insist on continuous professional development. Why? Because they don't want you to be stale. They want you to still be relevant. And I said it here a few months ago or so that if someone who has not practiced medicine for 10 years, Comes to you and sit down and say, I want to diagnose you, would you sit down with him? Of course not. Because he's a doctor, yeah, he had the paper, but he's not a practicing one. Would you allow a lawyer who is not a practicing lawyer to represent you? No. Because he does not understand what is expected of him at this time. This is the 21st century, for goodness sake. So he needs to improve himself. So, also, is what we bring to God. God requires skills and excellence in his house. That your skill that you brought in the first time is not enough to sustain you for another six months, it starts to lag when you are not developing. You expect people to develop. I expect myself to grow. And if every time, think about this, if every time the only gospel that I preach is just possibly on one scripture, and I keep repeating myself, I assure you that you're going to get bored, right? Of course you're going to get bored. And you look for somewhere else that could feed you better. And the fact of the matter is, I cannot change that, that you will have to look for somewhere else where you can be be fed. Why? Because I've become stale. I have not improved myself. The Bible says, study to show yourself approved. And it's not a one study, it's a continuous study to show yourself relevant. So the question I would like you to ask yourself this morning is, am I still relevant? Okay. Am I still relevant? Am I up for the task ahead of me? See, your job description has changed over time. Do you still think being a secretary is just to sit down behind a desk and answer phone calls? Do you still think that being a doctor is just to sit down and, and try to be, you know, the general practitioner behind the desk who puts a stethoscope on someone's chest and listen out for something? No, it means more than that in the 21st century. As a doctor, you're almost a psychologist, you're almost a psychotherapist. You kind of almost knows everything to initially diagnose before you can refer. And that is why they always tell you, don't go looking for a professional until you see your GP. Because the GP needs to be able to initially diagnose what's wrong with you and know where to send you to. So that they understand that the idea, the, the, the headache that you think you're having is not just headache, it's something else underneath. So they send you to somewhere else that they believe will, you know, help you better. So what I'm saying in essence is this. That for you to be able to remain relevant in God's house, you need to continue to develop yourself. You need to bring more than there is. You need to bring more than yourself. You need to bring more. More. And God requires more. Does he? I believe he does. Matthew chapter 25. Let's try that. Matthew 25. Mm. Verse 14, the amplified, uh, amplified Translation is what I'm going to be reading from. And Jesus was talking about the kingdom of heaven. was talking about the kingdom of heaven. So he was not talking about business. He was talking about the kingdom of heaven. But hear what he said. He said, for it is just like a man who was about to take a journey... And he called his servants together and entrusted them with his possessions. To one, he gave five talents. To another, two, and to another, one. Each according to what? Talk to me. According to his own ability. So God knows how much you can bear. So he he gives you the skills. He gives you the talent. He knows how much you can carry. He is the one that does the calling. It's not you. So if he calls you, he gives you the ability. So when he gives you the ability, he expects you to start to develop, to grow. But let's hear this parable. And then he went on his journey. The one who had received the five talents went at once and traded with them. And he made a profit and gained five more. Now, just to give you a bit of background about the value of talent, all right? The value of talent in those days, silver, one silver, just one talent of silver was worth 15 years' wages, okay? Just one talent of silver was worth 15 years wages. So, for example, um, let's say the minimum wage in Australia, let's just for the sake of this analogy, right, cap it at $1,000 a week, okay? So, if it's $1,000 a week, by 52 weeks, we're talking about $52,000, right? Times 15 years, talk to me, mathematician, don't disappoint me, come on, talk to me. Fifty-two times fifteen, <laughs> <laughs> and we have engineers in the house, Oh, you? 780 Okay, let's agree, okay, seven thirty, seven eighty, it really doesn't matter now, but we are talking about seven hundred and eighty thousand dollars was given to one person, that's one talent. In our day, $780,000 or $730,000, okay? And we're talking about minimum wage, okay? So let's say that was what one person was given, the lowest was given. Then to one, he gave five talents, so times five of that. So five times seven. 35, about 3.5 million dollars, all right? And to the other one he gave two talents, 1.5 million. And to one he gave one talent, 780. So that kind of gives you an idea how much they were given. And it said the master, he was about to travel, he gave them his possessions according to their ability. So do you think that according to their ability, the master must have been watching them to determine their ability? He must have, you know, kept them under his scrutiny to know how much can this person do? Okay, I'll give that much. And how much can this person take? I'll give that much. And how much? When this person is under pressure, are you sure they can take this role? No, no, I won't give them that. I would rather give them this. And at times, God gives some of us the ability to be able to stand at the door and welcome people. But instead, you find yourself sitting down with every other person smiling. Congratulations, you've not improved yourself. You have not identified your skills yet. But the Master has given you an ability. For some of us, we have the capacity to be able to not just welcome people, but to be able to sit down with them and make them feel comfortable. But you find yourself always sitting by yourself in the corner. You've not identified your ability yet. You've, you're wasting the talent. Seven hundred and eighty thousand dollars has been kept in your account, and you're wasting it. But what is Jesus saying? He said the one who had received five talents went at once and tra- went at once. He did not wait to be told. He did not wait. For a while, he said he went almost immediately, went at once, and traded them, and he made a profit. He made a profit. I'd like to have that person anytime. Who can take what they've been given, the skill that God has given them, and turn them into something else? He made a profit. He made a profit and gained five more. He doubled it he doubled it likewise the one who had made uh, who had two made a profit and gained two more so think about it if the first person was given 3.5 million at the end of the term he's making 7 million tell me which employer will not keep that, um, that uh, you know employee for a longer time of course of course you'll keep that employee for a longer time because the employee just caught an idea, caught a concept and ran with it and produced even more. That before you realized, your company has doubled. I was listening to a book this morning and it was talking about McDonald's, how McDonald's started. It started with two brothers and, and, you know, they, they were very good with what they did. They were good bosses, but they were not good leaders. Okay, they were able to expand, you know, three companies at one time. They were making good money, but they could not expand as fast as they ought to because of the quality of uh, their products, which is the markers. You know, the more people say, don't eat markers, the more people actually eat markers, you know that? the more you think, Marcus is not good for you, but that would be the first option you will run to when you are in a different country, because at least you trust their food. Right? It's true. I tell you, if you went to Africa today, and you see Marcus, that's possibly the first place you eye, just in case I don't like that food they give me. <laughs> I run here. Because you trust the quality of their food. You recognize, you know what they've got in their menu. You know. So, until they met this particular person who was not a boss, he had no idea about being a boss, but he was a leader. And that person only walked into one McDonald's restaurant, looked at it, and could think 50 years ahead. And he went ahead to them, spoke to them, and said, this is what we could do if you like me to. They contracted him within four years from four McDonald's restaurants became 150. Within another four years, it became 500. Now, today, they said there are about 32,000 McDonald's restaurants in 150 countries. That is one person, right, multiplying their skill, taking their talent and doubling it and doubling it and doubling it over time. Praise God. Verse 18. And that verse starts with an unfortunate word. But You see, whenever someone is giving you a good news and they said, but, you know the worst has not come yet. You know, at times, some people come to you and say, which one do you want to hear, the good news or the bad one? Usually, I always say, give me the bad one first. And at times, if I really don't want to hear it, I just say, give me the good good news and keep the bad one for yourself. (laughs) It's okay. Just keep it. So, But the one who had received the one, that's one talent, went and did what? Dug a hole in the ground. Where? in the ground and hid his master's money. Heed it. And you soon realize why he did it. Because there are some people who so well know their master and feel like, I know you. I know you so much. I know what you can do, so I'm not going to get myself involved. You know, I've heard about some people who said, no, I just, I, just don't want to be close to pastors. I've been burnt before. I don't want to be close to pastors. It's your loss. Do you know why? Because the good things that, that is coming, possibly if it's coming through pastors because of the grace of God, will get to you first if you were closer. Don't you think so? Because if you are a friend to the boss, Before anything happens in the company, you probably might get to hear the gist. And if people are going to be made redundant, possibly you will be the last one that will be sacked, others will get get the boot in first. Or because of the inside gossip, you will start looking for a job quicker than other people, because you're closer. So is that even biblical? Of course it is. Do you know why I said it's biblical? Because, what was his name? Abraham's nephew, Lot, was in Sodom. But God was going to Sodom with his angels to destroy the city. But he came to Abraham first. Abraham, the Bible says, was a friend of God. But we didn't hear about Lot being a friend of God. Only the thing we heard about Lot was he was the nephew. So Abraham, that was all. And God, after, you know, everything, he said to Abraham, Abraham, I'm going to destroy this city. What do you think? And Abraham started negotiations. So when you are closer, you can negotiate. Yeah. If you're not close, you get the authority, you, you, you get the outcome, you get the, the command, basically. And at that point, you probably might not be able to negotiate anything. You're on your own. The contract has been signed. So when you are arguing, you're just arguing against the wind. Why? Because the board has made a decision. All right, let me take you back home. Come back. (laughs) Verse 19. Now, after a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. And the one who had received the five talents came and brought him five more, saying, Master... You entrusted to me five talents. See, I have made, and I, I guess from, from, the, from the wording of the scripture, or from the wording of that verse, it sounds like he was happy. Right? Yeah. It, it, said, it said, see, I have made a profit and gained five more talents. Someone who speaks like that must be proud of what he's done. And anyone who is productive will never be ashamed of what they've got. They are always saying, this is what I've done. Those ones that are not productive are the ones that stay at the back. They hide until you call them. And when you call them the first time, they pretend as though they don't, they've not heard you. No. What is blocking their ears is guilt. You know that? At times, yeah. that's true. They pretend, with, I didn't hear you. Oh, sorry, were you calling me? Of course I was. But if you were productive... If, without being called, you want to be the first person. You want to show off. Look, look. can you see this? Are you sure they will like this? Well, I think it's great. You know? Can, can you see the, You want everyone to see it. Can you see this? Can you see what I'm doing? And it's not because you want to be prideful, but because you are, you're, you're proud of your work. You are proud of your achievement. And there's nothing wrong about that. All right. So see, I have made a profit and gained five more talents. His master said to him, well done. Oh, what a wonderful word. Well done, good and faithful servant. What did he do to deserve that? Just by being proactive. You don't just sit there and say, well, they've not asked me to do it, so I, I'm not going to do it until they ask me. You're not being proactive. You know what you are? You're a servant. Because if you sit down and say, until they ask me to do it, I'm not going to do it. That's the mentality of a servant. But seeing the need and meeting it is the mentality of a co-owner. You get it? And I've always said that we are all laborers together in God's house. There's no one person that is above the other. Because God has called us in a different capacity according to your ability. Don't forget that. According to your ability, God called you. So whether you've just walked into church the first time or you've been here for four years, God has called you and has given you an ability. And all you've got to do with that ability or with that talent is to grow it. Grow it. Grow it. Yeah. Make it grow. Yeah. Don't just leave it. Don't slip over it. Don't try to think about it and rationalize it. Is this going to work? Are you sure it's going to work? Are you sure they are not trying to rope me in? What are the terms and conditions? The more you spend time doing that, the more time is passing you by. And before you know it, someone else will walk through the door and take your place. And then you start to get angry. <gasps> Why? Whenever anybody new comes in, they always kind of try to hold up the new person. No, it's because you have been wasting time where you've been. Don't waste time. Don't waste time. Was it last week or so, or two weeks ago? The pastor Osas was stood here and was calling for volunteers, and only one person. Huh. Okay, well, let's assume that every other person were already volunteers. No. No, but only one person. But I thank God that it was only one person because how many people does God want to answer the call? Possibly only one who can change the others. So he's not looking for a million people at once. He, he wants one who can make a difference. And it's just that one person, one person. And that one person was Abraham. That one person was Who? Jesus Christ. That one person was Moses. God is not looking for a billion people at once. But he needs one person who can change a whole lot. And who is that one person here? Needs you. So up your game. You've got a skill. Identify it. Up your game. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So he said, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful and trustworthy. And the master still called it over a little. That's the part that baffles me. In other words, the master had more. But he only gave him five talents. And he said, You have been faithful over a little. So think about it if you decide to give him even much more. So you've been faithful over a little. I will put you, see that? I will put you in charge of many things. Say in the joy of your master. So that talent given was a test. Do you see that the ability that you have right now is a test to see how much you can do with it? Yeah. And you're saying, God bless me, God bless me, and God is saying, what I've blessed you with, you've not done anything with it. Wow. He mm-hmm. said, so, but God bless me. Say, so, you are not grown yet. You are still a baby. He mm-hmm. said, so, but God bless me. You know, God, you know if you give me this, I will do this. He no, I'm not giving you why you waste it? Mm-hmm. Wow. Have you heard about people who have won the lottery? And one year later, it felt like they'd never won a lottery. Yeah. In fact, there's been a scientific research of a man um, who, was, who was homeless. And they planted, I can't quite remember how much it was, but it was a huge amount. But for the sake of this analogy, they planted about $50,000 or $100,000 something that was sufficient for him to start all over again. So they planted it in a trash that he knew he always went to. He went to the trash, found the money, took it, and what did he do? He called all his friends. They threw a party. That wasn't bad, but that was a bad investment. They threw a party. And all the friends that you used to know, that didn't ask for him, that didn't look after him when he was homeless, all came to know him. They all came back. They renewed relationships straight away. The Facebook request interest increased. <laughs> it only lasted for two weeks. It went back. And what did he do? Did he rent a house? No, he didn't rent a place. He went to a hotel and paid two weeks in a hotel until they told him, well, we are no longer able to draw from your account. And he knew that the money was over. He went back. So at times, you might ask God, God, I, just give me the power to just heal. And God is saying, the one that I've given you, you've not done anything with it. There's a general one that I've given you that when you lay hands on the sick, they recover. Have you even tried to start using that at all? So if you've not used that, why do you think I would specifically give you, give you the healing ability to heal someone else? I said, Give me the power of God to be able to redeem a whole community. You know, this community is so down. I want to be able to. God is saying, but you don't even talk to your neighbors. So why do you think I should give you the ability to be able to reach a whole community when you can't even speak to one neighbor? God expects from us. He expects from us. He expects us to up our game every time. Hallelujah. Verse 22, also the one who had two talents came forward saying, Master, you entrusted two talents to me. See, I have made a profit and gained two more talents. His master said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful and trustworthy over a little. I will put you in charge of many things. And the the part I love about many things is it's not specific. He looks at, at your capacity and looks into your future and go, well, if you're able to double what I've given you, I'm going to give you many things. I will employ that person any time, any day. Who can double the little that I've given them? I'll trust that person. I will trust you. Think about it. If I gave you $10 today, Courtney, and then you are coming by and say, Marcus, see, come on. I only traded with you and got $20. I'll give you $200 next time. And then you come back with $400. Why can't I give you my whole account? <laughs> Do you get it? Because I know she's productive. Yeah. Then you trust her with more. Yeah. But if someone else comes to me out of that $10 and says, oh, that $10 that you gave me the other time, there you go. I'll go, oh, thank you. And then the, the note is even rumpled. I go, oh, God, thank you. Do you think next time I will be thinking about giving that person? Possibly not. Possibly not. Because you're just going to give back to me what I've given you. So why should I be investing in you? If there's no profit in an investment, why do you think I will keep investing in you? No, I won't. It's the same thing with talent and skills that God has given you, the ability that God has given you, if it's not growing. Do you think that God will start to give you much more valuables? No, he won't. And that is why you start to say, God, you don't answer prayers. No, he does. He's just looking at your character. He is. Oh, well, you gave me permission to challenge you, right? Yeah, that's why I'm challenging you. Right. Right. Verse twenty-four. The one who had received one talent also came forward, saying, "Master, I knew you to be a harsh." Can you see the reason why he didn't do anything with it? Because he thought he knew the master. He was too familiar with the master. The spirit of familiarity, where the master no longer amounts to anything in your eyes. You've devalued him to the point where, when he says one, you can say two as well. It's okay. It's not your fault. So start to think about it. That the master is the Lord of all the earth. And he, he, he raises and pulls down. Do you know that? And what is called growth in one sector is called reduction in another sector. Character. And what did he say? What was his excuse? Master, I knew you to be a harsh and demanding man, reaping the harvest where you did not sow. What an accusation. He was accusing the master. Say, I know, you've always been like this, so I know you really, really so much. Of course. And the master didn't say, that's that's a lie. He didn't defend himself. What did the master say? Okay, he said... Reaping the harvest where you did not sow and gathering where you did not scatter seed. So I was afraid. And that was a lie. He wasn't afraid, he was angry. You gave others five, he gave me one. Seriously. But the funny thing was, the next one up was just only one additional. The first one was three additional, or four additional, so that was five. Then not four, but two. Then him one, and he felt, hmm, why, why would you so look at me and reduce me in your own eye? So he said, "I know you, I know you." And yet the master gave them according to their ability. He said, "But I know you, master. You reap from where you don't sow. You are a selfish man." That was what he was calling him. You're selfish. You're wicked. And what did the master say? He said, But his master answered him, You wicked. And that was not the end. He called him another name and lazy. Can you see the reason why we don't grow our skills? Because we're wicked and lazy. So let's not put the two of them together. Let's just hope it's either of the two. Either you're wicked or you're lazy. Okay? I'm trying to be nice. <laughs> so you wicked, lazy servants, you knew that I ripped the harvest where I did not. So you see, the master did not argue that. That's your opinion. So since that's your opinion, you knew that and gather where I did not scatter seed. Then you ought to have put my money with the bankers. And at my return, I would have received my money back with interest. I'm not looking for double, but something just on top of it. Yeah, yeah. And what did he say? He said, so take the talent away from him and give it to the one who has ten talents. Did the master give that person ten talents? No, he gave him Five. But the master now identifies him as the one who has ten talents. The servant who had one was he was right. Because it's now almost looking as though the master gave him ten talents. No, the master only gave five, but he's now identified as having ten. But he's saying that wherever he's increased himself, that's just the beginning. I will bless him even much more. And God told Abraham, he said, I will bless them that bless you and curse them that curse you and in him shall, in you shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Genesis chapter 12. Say, so in you shall all the families of the earth be blessed. I bless them. Why? Because Abraham gave himself completely with no reservation. Completely. God told him, let me try something. Um, Amanzi, can you stand up? I love Amanze, right? Can you start walking to the toilet? (laughs) All right? And there Amanze is gone. All right? I'm not quite sure what he's going to do at the toilet. What are you going to do there when you get there? Not quite sure, right? Not sure. but you went anyway. Thank you. Come. And, in reality, what would you call that? What? Obedience. Without reasons, right? Does that even define obedience? Without rationale? No, you call it foolishness. You call it foolishness because there's no rationale. Stand up, go to the toilet. To do what? It's not even saying stand up and come stand with me. No, to the toilet, the worst of places. Although at times we kind of really, really like the toilet at times. But not all the time. Not with everyone standing here and we're asking a man to go to the toilet. So to some extent, we explain it as, as foolishness. Why didn't you ask? You know, some people will go, Why didn't you ask him? And several times. Abraham got to a place. He had no idea where he was going. He had no idea. He stood in a place, and every now and again, but studied Genesis twelve. Every now and again, he went, got, got to a place where he feels like this might just be the place, and then he builds an altar. And he waits there for a while, and then he starts to realize, no, this is not the place. But God said, a place that I will show you. But he goes there, builds an altar. And he's expecting God to show up. And God is saying, this is not the place. Yeah. And he w- goes ahead and goes, keep, keep going. And he's going foolishly and stupidly without questioning, where do you want me to go? No, he's not even saying that. He's just going. And God is saying, that foolishness means righteousness to me. Wow. And then at the end of the day, he said, Abraham, just because you obeyed my voice and did not question me when I asked you to be foolish, he said... In blessing, I will bless you. And in multiplying, I will multiply your seed. Can you see what God gives to a servant who is not trying to be smart? Because no matter how smart you are, God outsmarts you every second. He outsmarts you. The Bible says the foolishness of God is, beats the wisdom of men. So philosophy can understand God's wisdom. Oh, yes. Hallelujah. But can I say to you, that the skills and the ability that God has given to you, don't just keep it in your pocket. Don't sleep over it. Give yourself up for it. Hear what God, you know, the master told, told the servant. In verse 29, He said, for to everyone who has, more will be given. Can you see that? And at times, some of you get angry with that because we've given you, an, you know, a, a particular role to play and then we keep adding more to you. <laughs> Do you know why we keep adding more? Because we see that you are productive. Yes, yes. We're not trying to kill you. Yes. And that's one way of saying, you are doing well. We can trust you with much more. But then you go, oh, well, am I the only one in this place? Lose that attitude. Yeah. Why? Because God said to so, whom? So everyone who has will more be given. And he will be furnished richly so that he will have an abundance. Yes. But from the one who does not have, even what he does have. We'll be taken away. From the one who does not have. In other words, he has something. Yes. Why is the Bible is saying he does not have? But it said what he has. So there's something. Yes. Even what he has. Even if it's just self-respect take it away. It's us take it away. And throw the good for nothing servant into outer darkness. It calls him good for nothing. Don't be so. We don't have good for nothing people here. No, we don't. We don't. But we've got people who's got talent that are making use of their talent and worshiping God with it. And saying, I am here. Use me. Choose me. Choose me. We are not even looking, but before you say they are saying, I'm here. Choose me. Choose me. Choose me. I'm here. I may not be qualified. I may not have stayed in church for a longer time, but choose me. Choose me. I can. And don't give up when you said no, not now. Don't give up. Can I say that again? Don't give up. Don't say, oh, well, they're just choosing the one that you like. No. Don't give up because it might just be a test for you to see how much you really want it, to see if you really want this. So choose me, choose me, choose me, choose me, choose me. Isn't that all we said to God? Or were we joking when we said, "Take all of me"? He took all of you, but left you a choice—the choice to be able to say, "No, I don't want any more." But that choice is a test to see if He really has all of you. Call Him Lord. You call Him Lord. You call Him Lord. Then make him Lord. Let him own everything. Don't, leave, don't do selective giving up for him. Don't give up a part and leave the others for yourself. Give it all up. Matthew 6.33, He said, But seek ye first the kingdom of God above every other thing else, and his righteousness, and all other things, every other thing shall be added. And Jesus says some more things. I love Jesus. But I'll say this last one. It said, in my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. So that statement alone tells you that Jesus is not trying to trick you into something. He's not trying to trick you. So if it was not so, I would have told you. He said, I'm going to prepare a place for you that where I am, There you may be also. There you may be also. Can you stand on your feet?